0: If you have your Bibles and you want to turn to the book of Malachi, that's where we're going to be for both lessons this morning, the book of Malachi, it's great to be out again with the family here studying God's word and learning more about Him together. If you recall, we're sort of in the middle of a series on the minor prophets. Just trying to get ourselves familiar with what these books say and how they can aid us in our Christian walks. And if you're looking up here and you're thinking... Gavin, I don't know the first thing about the book of Malachi. That's okay. There is absolutely no prerequisites for this sermon. We're going to go through it all together. Because if you just know a few things about the book of Malachi, what you might know is, well, one, it's the last book in the Old Testament. And as the last book in the Old Testament sort of finishes with saying something about John the Baptist is going to come, I know that it says something about I wish God would just uh, God just wishes that the people would close the doors of the temple because worship has gotten so bad. And I think some of us also know that it says God hates divorce. And that might be all, you know, from the book of Malachi. And so because we only know these little one, two verse chunks, it gets really easy to sort of see a book like Malachi is a whole bunch of disjointed, unconnected, just points that kind of Malachi just drops in our lap and moves on. That is not what the book of Malachi does. The book of Malachi has a cohesive point. It has a message that it's trying to get to the people. We're going to see a story of God choosing to love Israel even when they don't deserve it, perhaps especially when they don't deserve it. We're going to see God promise blessings that are coming in the future and saying, if you hold on, these blessings can be yours. But before we get into the actual book, I want to set this a little bit in its context. So the book of Malachi takes place after the return From the exile. The people have returned to the land, the temple is built, and you would say all of those things sound good. But there's a problem. You see, all the prophecies about coming back from the exile talked about this great time when Israel was gonna be established as a great and powerful kingdom, and they were gonna have this great relationship with God, and everything was gonna be good and happy. And that's not the nation that Israel is right now. Israel is a broken, weak people. They're still under Persian subjection. There is no kingdom to speak of. And the Israelites are sitting in the land wondering, hey, what about all these promises? What about all these great, happy blessings that are supposed to take place? God, where are those? And they get angry at God. And they question God. And that's the sort of form that the book of Malachi takes. The book of Malachi is a set of arguments between God and the people. Six arguments between God and the people. Where God over and over again has to defend and prove his love to his own people who are questioning him. And so that's what we're going to really look at today. I'm going to go on and pop up on the screen uh, outline of Malachi. You don't have to remember this. In fact, some of you might not be able to read that. That's a little smaller than I thought it was going to be. Um, but you don't have to memorize this. This is up here for helping us as we read through the book together. This is sort of the form that this book takes. God's going to make a statement. The people of Israel are going to question him. And then he is going to prove his love and defend his love over and over Again, So I'm going to keep this up as we just read through the book of Malachi together. If you're in Malachi with me, we're going to start in one verse one and we're going to go all the way through. The or- oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? Is not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord. Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. I have laid waste to his hill country and left his heritage to the jackals of the desert. If Edom says we are shattered, but we will rebuild the ruins, the Lord of hosts says they may build, but I will tear down and they will be called the wicked country and the people with whom the Lord is angry forever. Your own eyes shall see this and you shall say, great is the Lord beyond the border of Israel. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? "'Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor?' says the Lord of hosts. "'And now entreat the favor of God, that he may be gracious to us with such a gift from your hand. "'Will he show favor to any of you?' says the Lord of hosts. "'Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors, that you may not kindle fire on my altar in vain.'" "'I have no pleasure in you,' says the Lord of hosts, "'and I will not accept an offering from your hand.'" You bring what has been taken by violence, or is lame, or sick, and this you bring as your offering. Shall I accept that from your hand, says the Lord? Cursed be the cheat who has made a male in his flock and vows it, and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. And now, O priest, this command is for you. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring and spread dung on their faces and dung on your offerings and you shall be taken away with it so that you will know that I have sent this command to you that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant with him was one of life and peace and I gave them to him and it was a covenant of fear and he feared me and he stood in awe of my name. True instruction was found in his mouth and no wrong was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and he turned many from iniquity for the lips of a priest should guard knowledge and people should seek instruction from his mouth for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But you have turned aside from the way you've caused many to stumble by your instruction You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts, and so I will make you despised and abased before all the people, inasmuch as you do not keep my ways, but show partiality in your instruction. Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? Judah has been faithless. An abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and he has married the daughter of a foreign God. May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob any descendant of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. And the second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and with groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. But you say, why does he not? Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless. Though she is your companion and your wife by covenant, did he not make them one with a portion of the spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. "'For the man who does not love his wife "'but divorces her,' says the Lord, the God of Israel, "'covers his garment with violence,' says the Lord of hosts. "'So guard yourselves in spirit and do not be faithless.'" You have wearied the Lord with your words, but you say, how have we wearied him? By saying everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord and he delights in them, or by asking where is the God of justice? Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts, but who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years." Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired worker and his wages, the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust aside the sojourner and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed." From the days of your father, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? Soil and your vine in the field shall not bear fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. But you say, how have we spoken against you? You have said it is vain to serve God. What is the profit of our keeping his charge or of walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the arrogant blessed. Evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. And you shall tread out, tread down the. You shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet, on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So I said before we started reading, that the book of Malachi was in part to answer the question of why the Judeans who had returned from exile weren't experiencing the full promises of the covenant that they thought that they were going to experience. They looked around and they weren't a great kingdom. They looked around and they weren't a powerful nation. They weren't prospering in the way that they thought they were going to. And they looked at God and they say, What's wrong here? And notice the Israelites' arguments. They don't take any responsibility for the lack of blessings that they're receiving. What they instead say is God doesn't love us anymore. God has abandoned us. God doesn't care about justice. God doesn't care about righteousness. God doesn't actually care about his covenant like he said he does. Essentially, the people of Israel are arguing that God has lied to them. God has broken the covenant. God has abandoned his people. And so what's the point of us following the covenant if God's not keeping up his end of the deal? the people of Israel in the time of Malachi, they have become complacent. They have become apathetic. They've become callous to God. They learn to despise and to distrust God because they don't think God loves them anymore. And really, the book of Malachi is God defending and proving his love to his own people. It's funny because multiple times, especially in the early parts of Malachi, God emphasizes my name will be great and worshiped and served beyond the borders of Israel. Everyone in the world is gonna understand that God is great. And yet his own people, the leaders, the priests, the spiritual leaders of his own people, they don't think the name of the Lord is great. And God defends himself here. He says, I do love you and I didn't abandon you. I could have, I would have been well within my rights because you have broken the covenant repeatedly. Instead, I'm still blessing you. I'm still being faithful to you. I've brought you back into the land. I've given you your nation back. I've been faithful to my covenant promises. I could have chosen any nation in the world. I could have chosen the Edomites, for example, but I didn't. I chose you as my possession in the world, and I'm still blessing you just like I said that I would. But he doesn't stop there. God says, if you really want to talk about breaking the covenant, I have a few things that I want to talk to you guys about. And he starts with the priest. Again, the priest, those who are supposed to be the most committed to God in the entire nation, the ones who are the spiritual leaders of God's people. He said, let's start with you guys. You're letting the people bring all kinds of awful, lame sacrifices, which is directly against the covenant, and you know it. You're letting the people bring all sorts of things that you wouldn't even give to your governor. You wouldn't give to your physical leaders, and yet you expect it to be good enough for your God. You You wouldn't present this animal... For dinner, and yet you think it's going to be good enough for the Lord of hosts. God says, Uh uh. And He says, Not only are you not sacrificing the way you should, you despise coming to worship me. You say, What a weariness it is to have to come before God. There's no love. In our relationship. There's no respect in our relationship. You can't stand that you have to do anything for me. From the priests all the way down to the people. And God says as if that's not bad enough there is rampant covenant unfaithfulness in your people. You don't Treat the sojourners and the widows and the fatherless, you don't treat them well. You don't even pay the people that you're supposed to pay. You don't pay your workers. And if that's not bad enough, you're abandoning me because you're marrying these pagans and you're bringing their gods into the land. And if that's not bad enough, you're divorcing the wives of your youth. You're taking this beautiful covenant that I made between two people and me and you're treating it as if it's nothing. You have broken every part of the covenant. You disregard any sort of faithfulness, any sort of honor, any sort of love. You're not giving me tithes. You're not helping support the worship of God God essentially says, you haven't held up your end of the covenant at all. And so you're not going to get the blessings of the covenant because you're not my covenant people. You're not going to experience a true relationship with me because you don't want to. And it gets so bad to the point where God says, I wish you'd just shut the doors to the temple. I don't want to hear from you. God looking at his people and saying, I don't want any contact with you if you're going to act like this. That's the low that Israel has gotten to. You are living in the opposite way of my covenant, so why do you think you would receive the blessings of it? But that's not where God leaves it. That sounds a lot like a lot of the minor prophets, right? Just judgment and destruction and judgment and destruction. But God picks up on these ideas of the covenant promises. And he says, they still are coming. Notice what God says, What God emphasizes, that there's a time where a messenger is going to come and he's going to prepare the way for me. And God himself is going to come down to the people. And when God comes down to the people, it's going to be a time of judgment for a lot of people. It's going to be a time of judgment for many, but for those who are faithful to his name, for those who trust him, for those who love him, it's going to be a time of rejoicing and blessings. God has not abandoned his people. God has not abandoned his remnant. He cares about justice and righteousness. And he says, that time is coming. The time of blessings that you want to see, it's coming. You just have to hold on. You just have to hold on. I am faithful to my covenant promises. Put me to the test. I'm not going to say too much about that because I think that's where Jacob's going to pick up. But I will just say a few words about that. God dares the people. Where I came from in Tennessee, we call that a double dog dare. I don't know if you guys say that in Arkansas, but that's what God does here. He says, I guarantee you, if you hold up your end of the covenant, I will bless you and I'll bless you more than you can even possibly think. Because I am faithful. I am loving I am good, just give me the chance to be. Give me the chance to be your God, and I will. And I'm going to come down, and I'm going to save my people, the people that I have written in my book of remembrance and life. The book of Malachi is a message that God is faithful and that God will save and that God will love his people if they just give him the chance. And that all of that is going to be realized perfectly in the future. Something greater is coming that will fulfill all of these covenant promises. And that's why the way the book ends is so important. The perfect way to sort of cap off the Old Testament. It doesn't get any better than this. Look at chapter 4 verses 4 through 6 again with me. Remember the law of my servant Moses the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. The last message God has to Israel looks both back towards the law and to the prophets which is to say the entirety of Old Testament scripture remember these things hold on to this covenant stay faithful but also looks ahead there is a time coming where i'm going to send a messenger And he's going to prepare the way. He's going to get you guys to repent and be ready to be faithful for when I come down and I'm going to come. And it's going to be a day of justice and righteousness where those who are wicked and those who are prideful are going to be punished. But those who are my faithful remnant, those who are in my book of life and remembrance, they will receive healing. Just like we sang about. The sun of righteousness will rise bringing healing in its wings. That day is coming. All these blessings that you're looking around and saying, where are they? God says they're coming. You just have to hold on. That's the message of Malachi. And to an extent, the entire Old Testament If you're looking for just one way to apply Malachi in your life, I just want you to remember this. God proves and defends over and over again, six times in this book, that he is a faithful and loving God. That he will bless and save and heal his people. Even at times where it's very hard to feel God's love. Even at times where it's really hard to see the blessings of God at work. Even times like now. God has you, His people, in His book of life And remembrance. He sees you. He is blessing you actively, even now. And the book of Malachi calls out and says, Don't get weary. Don't get apathetic. Don't get tired of following me. Hold on. I know that when things are so heavy and stressful, it can be hard to want come to church it can be hard to want to worship God it can be hard to want to pray want to serve when it feels like you don't have anything left to give the book of Malachi God says I see you hold on better times are coming my blessings are coming you just have to trust me God knows this world throws a lot of rough things out. God knows that we're going to go through trials and suffering, but he reaches out to tell us it will all be worth it someday. I will deliver and remember my people, and I'm doing it right now. Let's pray and then be dismissed to our classes. Father God, Thank you for blessing us more than we can even possibly comprehend. Thank you for our relationship with you. Thank you for your love that you prove and defend and show all the time. We are in awe of who you are. Help us to hold on. Help us to stay faithful. Help us to look for your love and look for opportunities to reflect your love to those around us. Strengthen us, encourage us, and help us stand firm on your word that we may always be in your book of remembrance. We pray all this in your son's name, amen.